Hello, 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 and welcome to episode one of Passive Aggressive Film Reviews. I'm Richard Shicklebob. And I'm Nathaniel Barrett-Mort. It's been a funny old week for me. Nathaniel, how about yourself? Uh, it's been an unusual week, I guess. Do you want to explain yourself, Richard? Well, I, I took some holiday time. Okay. Um, which I've enjoyed. Um, went to Tuscany, had a lovely few days. Tuscany? Um, yeah, did a bit of fishing. Um, came back on Thursday. Um, and yesterday went to a rather exclusive private screening of the movie that we're going to be talking about a little bit later, Cars 2. Ah, right, okay, yeah. Did a bit of celebrity spotting. Good for you. Enjoy um, I, I, I have to say, I, I felt that I belonged. Right, <laughs> that's good to hear. Um, I felt that I was in my, I was in my element. I like to see you kind of lording yourself up, Richard. That's uh, that's good. <laughs> I wasn't lording myself, <laughs> Nathaniel. Please, that's I was right. I was simply I simply found my level. Oh, you fa- yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. You, you found it, your people. Yeah, you haven't asked me who was there. I haven't. No, sorry, should I be interested? It, it was there. Richard. You should at least feign interest. Yeah. Um. We, well, let's start with um. David Walliams. Okay. Did you get any conversation with Mr. Walliams at all? No, he was he was he was very busy with his um, with his celebrity chums. Right. Okay. Um, I didn't I didn't want to interrupt. Yeah. Um, hello to him. I said hello. Uh huh. And he 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 looked at me. Oh, that, that's nice of him. Isn't it? Which, which is you know which is <laughs> which is good. Um, Daniel Radcliffe. Oh yeah. And you said to that little squirt was? Well, he's not so much a little squirt anymore. Uh, you clearly haven't been keeping up well, with... Well, he's in my mind, and he always will be, Richard, I'm sorry. Well, he's, 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 he's turned into quite the uh, quite the buff young man. Really? He has, yeah. I think, you you, you know, with your proclivities, you might, you might actually find him rather appealing, if you saw him in real life. Yeah, if he kind of took his voice away, and yeah, maybe so, but... It's <laughs> interesting to hear you say the word buff. I'm, I'm, I'm quite enthralled by that. You know, when you hang out with um, buff young men, buff young men, every so often they'll use the word buff. Yeah. And some, so sometimes the word buff slips out of my mouth. What's well, a welcome addition to your vocabulary? That's great. Thank you. Um, yeah, and the, the well, the by far the most famous um, guest, Her Majesty Queen Elizabeth II. Is that the Queen? Too? What do you think about that? Well, I'm darling thirsty. You can t- mm. tell my tail and voice. That's got to taken me back a little. Yeah. So you've actually met a majesty, my goodness, man. Um, I think met might be... Oh, OK. ...going a little bit too far. Like but I, I was in the same room... OK. ...as her. Um, yeah, did I did manage to, to get one little snapshot of her, a sneaky photo. You're not meant to do it. You're really not meant to do it. And if they'd have, if they'd have caught me... Yeah. That have probably arrested me under anti-terrorism laws, um, but I did manage to get one sneaky, sneaky photograph off. I, do, I, I, I despise people that break the law. Yeah. yeah. Um, but I felt that this was. When the need arises, then it's okay. Well, it, it was exceptional circumstances. Okay. Is, is, is what I'm saying. Yeah. Um, 
So, it, it, but the, the beauty of it is, of course, because it wasn't a staged photograph, she's caught off guard. Okay. So you can see that really, really it's cheeky like glint in her eye. Oh, that she's, <laughs> that she's still got. Uh, that pr- Prince Philip is one lucky, lucky man. That's all I'm going to say, judging from this photograph that I've got. Well, you've gone out on a limb there, Richard. I mean, I admire you for that. Uh, mm. I don't think I'd have uh, met many people who would say, you know, the Queen with a glint in her eye and lucky Prince Philip. So, uh, fair play to you for your honesty. Thank you very much. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> How's your week been? It's been okay. It's been all right, you know. I haven't been uh, doing anything as extravagant as mixing with celebrities. Mm. Um, you know, I've kind of been out on a couple of dates and have you? kind of potting around in my allotment. What were, the, what, what were the ladies' names? Well, one was a lady, one was a gent. Uh, um, sorry? One was a lady, one was a gent. But, oh, so you went out on one date and then you went out with a, with a, with a pal. That, that's what you mean, isn't it? No, of course not. No, you, you mentioned my proclivities earlier, Richard. You know, let's try not to hide this. You know, I went out on a, a date with a young lady and very attractive she was too. Mm. And the following evening, I went on a date with a young gentleman. And uh, mm. he unfortunately wasn't so attractive, but uh, no? he's jolly good company. But maybe that's because he's a man. No, it's got nothing to do with it. You know, that's got nothing to do with it. Uh, as you well know, Richard, uh, I, I see you're still casting aspersions about my sexuality, which is quite amusing, but a little tiresome. Um, so, are you interested in how the dates went at all? I, uh, well, or are you just interested in the nature of them? Um, <laughs> um, let's... Break me in gently, if you would. Talk about the uh, the normal date that you went on, please. Okay. Uh, <laughs> I'll entertain that for a comment. Uh, her name was Leslie. All right. Uh, interestingly, yeah. that's uh, both a man's and a woman's name. Yeah, well observed. Are you uh, sure it was a woman? I'm quite certain, yeah. yeah. Mm. Um, you know, she made that quite obvious. Um, yeah, she was very nice, Leslie. Yeah, uh, We might be seeing each other again. Where did, where did you go? Or do you not want to reveal that? No, that's okay. We, we went to a little Italian. We ah. did the whole uh, Italian thing, bit of romance, bit of kind of wine. It was just a really pleasant evening. You know, we're going to see each other again. Whether there's anything further than that, we'll wait and see. But that sounds absolutely delightful. I've got it. I've got to say. Oh, I'm, I'm glad you approve. I'm, I'm, it would have been the kind of evening you'd have enjoyed, actually, Richard. Mm. Or fairness, yeah. And, and were you sinful at the end of the night? Did oh, you? Uh, not, no, 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 not on this occasion. No, that's okay. good to hear. You know, <laughs> you know, one must abide by uh, certain rules. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> that's, uh, yeah, I'm, 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 I'm reassured by that. That's, so uh, that's really, really good to hear. Good, good. Yeah, I'm glad you approve of that. Uh, and and you went out with Jeff. <laughs> Jeff, that's quite, yeah. quite extraordinary. I don't think that's his name. Yeah. Um, Jeff, he was an odd fellow. Mm. Um, as camp as a nine-bob note. Um, you know, and I appreciated him for that, but he wasn't my type. No? Yeah. No, a little bit geeky, kind of, you know, um, had a very limited conversation. Nice enough chap, but um, he can go on his camp little way. Dare I ask um, how, you, how you met Jeff? In a bar? Oh my word. What, going to a bar? Is, is, does that afford you? Well, no, 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 but it, it, it just... A gay bar I hasn't allowed. I mean, I wouldn't, oh, you know, heaven forbid that. 
It wasn't. It wasn't a gay bar. Regular bar. You know, you kind of got chat chatting at the bar just as. Well, no, I, frankly, I don't know, Nathaniel. No, I, I don't know how you You're go into a bar, start talking to a man, <laughs> and then end up on a date with them. <laughs> no, I don't know. <laughs> well, okay, before the date, you, you, you know, you entertain the idea of walking into a bar, you fancy a beer, you get chatting with a guy who, who's being served next to you. How about that? <laughs> Is that an alien concept? No, I've done that. I have done that a few times. Okay, so I've never been on it. It's never ended up in a date, obviously, because of your own proclivities, which is fine. But sometimes, obviously, that, that scenario can happen. It can, yeah, yeah. Uh, so that's how it came about, is the answer to your question. And, and where, did you, where did you go with uh, with Jeff? Uh, we just went to a couple of gay bars. Um, you know, the, the places he kind of knew and felt comfortable in. Um, you know, obviously, I feel comfortable in most places. Um, some exceptions, of course. So I've heard. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but we won't go there just yet. We only shock you too much. Um, so, yeah, that's what we did. A couple of gay bars, chat, early night, really. Well, I am in equal measure delighted and appalled. Okay, okay. Should we move on? Yeah, let's just move on, yeah. Okay, movie news. Forthcoming movie, Rise of the Planet of the Apes, has been test-screened in Australia and is receiving universally positive comment. The trailer is currently screening here in the UK and it looks fabulous. If you haven't seen it yet, go to www.apeswillrise.com and check it out. Personally, it's the movie I'm most looking forward to this year. The much-anticipated sequel to J.J. Abrams' successful reboot of Star Trek is in the works, but the penciled-in release date of next summer has been pushed back, possibly until summer 2013. Its replacement in next year's summer schedule, G.I. Joe Retaliation. Well, that's okay, then. Movie studios Universal and New Line were engaged in a bidding war for an as-yet-unnamed raunchy comedy. Universal won out and recently announced that talentless humour vacuum Seth Rogen would play the starring role. You know, maybe Al-Qaeda have it right. Western civilization has reached a state of sickness so profound we no longer deserve to exist. On a more positive note, Cowboys and Aliens hits the screens in the US this weekend, and with Daniel Craig and Harrison Ford in starring roles, this should be a summer blockbuster that really packs a punch, at the very least in the acting stakes. Looking forward to this one when it opens in the UK mid-August. Okay, so this is the part of the show where we talk about a current movie, and this week... Uh, we've both been to see um, Pixar's new movie, Cars 2. I'll just give you a brief overview for those that aren't particularly sentient. Um, Cars 2, by far the most poorly received Pixar movie to date. The plot revolves around an oil fiend called Sir Miles Axelrod, who sees the error of his ways and creates a new, fu- a new fuel... Um, called All in All. In order to promote this fuel and to demonstrate that you can use safe bio 
fuel without losing any power in your car, he organises a World Grand Prix in which all the world's fastest cars will race. Maker, the dumb pickup truck from the, from the original movie, to, excuse me, convinces Lightning McQueen to take part. Meantime, a pair of secret agents are on the trail of villains and in a bit of a plot contrivance become convinced that Maker himself is a fellow agent sent to help them. That's the, that's the outline of the, of the movie. What are your thoughts, Nathaniel? I'm interested. Yeah, I went to it uh, completely open-minded, uh, mm. as do most things, obviously. Uh, this is your first Pixar, isn't it? It is my first Pixar, you have to yeah. right? So I was looking forward to the experience, kind of to see what it was all about. Mm. And, uh, I was hugely impressed. Um, really? Just, yeah, absolutely. You cannot fail to enjoy it from the... Um, just from the sheer workload point of view, the, the amount of work that has gone into kind of producing that movie, the amount of artistry, the amount of endeavour, it's just unbelievable. Yeah. Um, so to appreciate it from that point of view is, is kind of the main thing. The story itself was quite cute as well, you know, yeah. kind of what you said about um, the subliminal messages about the biofuel. You know, oh, absolutely. Yeah. Just a healthy message to kind of give to kids, isn't it? And, you know, to present it in that kind of format with, you know, talking cars and cute faces. Mm. It's, it's a nice way to go about things. So, although it wouldn't, you know, I wouldn't be rushing back to kind of uh, buy it on DVD or anything, but it was a worthwhile movie and, um, and very enjoyable, yeah. Yourself? Would you would you watch another Pixar film? Do you think? Yeah, absolutely. I think I would. Uh, yeah. I should say from, from the pure artist artistic point of view. Um, that's, can you imagine the kind of the workload that must have gone into, into producing that film? Um, how can you not appreciate that uh, that kind of thing? So that's important to you. The number of hours it takes to make a film. That's, that's an important consideration. It is. I mean, obviously you can see when something's been thrown together. Yeah. Uh, kind of sloppy, let's just bung another film out and make a few quick kind of attitude, but uh, mm. that certainly didn't come over in that movie. Um, so, yeah, it wasn't my perfect ideal choice of film, but uh, couldn't help but appreciate it. I mean, the animation is extraordinary, isn't it? It was, yeah, it was literally artistic. It was yeah. absolutely stunning. Uh, yeah. um, you know, and you could tell that the kids in the in the in the, um, the auditorium were absolutely captivated by you know, uh, which is really good to see. You know, it's glad to see them kind of captivated by something as creative and as um, work driven as that, rather than some teletubbies crap. You know. Yeah, I've I've, I've got to say I, I find the criticism that it's received a bit mystifying. Right. Because um, you know because. Because I do my research, yeah. unlike, unlike some people, right, yeah. I have actually seen the first film, yeah. um, and this one was 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 was, was way more action packed. Mm-hmm. It had a more exciting adventure plot, you know, with the with the espionage angle, uh-huh. um, and it wasn't as kind of gloopy and sentimental as the first one because that does go down the kind of mawkish angle. Right. Okay. A little bit too much. Even though some of its messages, the original one about family values, are very um, pertinent and important. Yeah. It was a bit overdone. Right, okay. They over-egged it. Yeah. Um, so this one was a bit more dramatic. Yeah. Um, I felt that the, 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 the current one was a healthy throwback to British imperialism. <laughs> um <laughs> 
Um, <laughs> okay, yeah. With the, um, with, with the with the super sleuths, you know, the James Bond types, and the sumptuous realization of of of, of modern day London, okay. just you know, reminding people of the power that we once were and and will be again. And that's um, kind of a message to get out to your kids, isn't it? Well, it is important. You're absolutely right. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and what better guy to do it than the talking cars? Oh, yeah. I found the lead character Mater a little bit annoying. Oh yeah. But frankly, no more than most Americans. Um, <laughs> okay. What, why did you find him annoying? He well because he he was the most child-friendly character from the original movie. Uh huh. So clearly, what's happened is they've done a bunch of market research. Ask all the kids, who's your favourite character from Cars? Yeah. They've all said, Major! <laughs> no. So they've decided to make him the lead role. So you feel it important to get, like, a, you know, the imperialist message out to kids, but it certainly Correct. can be done in, in a friendly fashion. You know, they, they need to be kind of instructed. Rather well, than, uh, <laughs> you, know. you see, again... Um, because I'm a professional, I have seen all of the Pixar movies. Right. Um, and, and Say it again? Credit to you for that. Thank, oh, thank you. Um, and one of the things that's noticeable um, about, about their entire back catalogue is the yeah. fact that even though kids enjoy the films, they don't really pander to children if you understand what I mean. So, okay, ad- yeah. so parents, adults can go and watch them without being irritated by the lead, by the, by the main characters because they're not kind of overtly childish. Yeah, because heaven forbid you brought your parents to enter a childlike state for 90 minutes. I mean, that's no, really good. No, you're missing my point. You're missing my point because, you, you, yeah, because you're coming from a position of, of ignorance because you haven't seen them. You see, the, the point, the, 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 this is why the, 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 this one is the inferior Pixar movie, is because suddenly they've put the lead role as, as really cartoonish and childish. Yeah. Which they've never done before. Right. But this seems like a step back for Pixar. Well, because they've been too obvious. Obviously, that's just, that's just an opinion now, isn't it? I mean, some, some people might find it as progress. Well, but I think, I think that's where most of the criticism is coming from. Okay. I think, you know, because it, it, it does it does feel like a step backwards. Um, which is a shame, you know. Because um, it, it's a bit like... Did you have such a bad message to give, Richard? What's that, sorry? Did Mouch have such a bad message to give? What was his message? Well, to be that, you know, you might not be the brightest spark in the world. Yeah. But if you kind of look out for other people mm. uh, and do the right thing at the right time, then you'll always... You know, you'll always get on. You'll always be all right. Yeah, I mean, I suppose that's that's okay. Um, but he could have been a bit more cutthroat, couldn't he? He could have been. What you wanted the kids move? You know, he, he could have been a bit more um, ambitious, violent, or determined. Vi- um, violent <laughs> only when necessary. <laughs> um, yeah. But for me, it, you know, it was a bit like. A, a bit like let's, after after they made the Phantom Menace yeah. and everybody hated Jar Jar Binks. Yeah, yeah, it's a bit like giving him the lead role in the next movie. What? I think that's a bit of a harsh comparison, but I do take yeah. your point. Yeah, I take your point. 
Well, other than that, that 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 one gripe aside, really, yeah. uh, you know, this is still good, clean, family fun. The adults can get something out of, if yeah. not quite as much as as the other Pixar stuff. There's still there's still a little bit of something there. Yeah. Um, what do you give it? What's your marks out of ten? I'll give it seven out of ten. Seven out of ten. Out of 10. You know what? I'm going to match that. Right. Seven out of ten for me as well. Unusual that we agree, almost. Uh, Absolutely. Um, yeah, so, but, but, you know, sometimes um, things do appeal to right-minded individuals as well as deviants. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so in this part of the show... Um, Myself and Nathaniel uh, select a movie from the past. It could be 40, 50 years old. It could be three years old. And we agree to watch it. We don't watch it together. Or if we haven't so far, um, maybe that will come in, in, in the future. But for now, we're watching them separately. And then we give you our thoughts. This week's movie is the original Dirty Harry. Um, an iconic cinema Presence, a name that everybody knows. You say Dirty Harry, everybody. I would say, except in the remotest parts of the world, would have heard of this character. Mm-hmm. Um, Clint, he, Clint oozes menace and masculinity as the cop with attitude. And he's ably supported by the rest of the cast. Um, most no- notably, Andrew Robinson, who played the, the, the killer the serial killer Scorpio. Are you familiar with Andrew Robinson, Nathaniel? Oh, here we go. More, more fodder for you. I'm afraid I'm not too Richard now. No? No. I'm, I'm more research again, I'm afraid. Well, it is. It's, it's a recurring theme, isn't it? That's right. Um, so, um, he, he, most, um, ooh, most well known from, from genre stuff, really. Um, he played, the recurring character Garak in Deep Space Nine, he was magnificent in that. And he also plays lead character Larry in the original Hellraiser film. Um, oh, really? Very, very good actor. Um, the plot's straightforward enough, focusing on Scorpio's efforts to claim a ransom for the people he's kidnapped, and crucially, taunting the San Francisco police as they struggle to bring him to justice. Um... How did you find it? No, it, it, it didn't do it for me. Um, I know this film has, has classic status, which is, and admittedly I can see why it has that. It's, yeah. it's got that iconic feel to it, hasn't it? Um, but at the end of the day, I, I, I can't um, emphasise with a message like that in a film, you know. Um, What's the message? What you could put before to do earlier, really. Mm. Uh, kind of that oozing masculinity, kind of uh, single-minded, driven cop yeah. stuff. I, you know, that's not a positive thing, is it really? Uh, we all want to see justice in the world, but you know, there's what there's ways and means to get it, and um, old Mister Callahan doesn't display the best way to get it. In, in my you don't think so? No, I don't think so. That kind of, you know, is as menacing as the. As the um, as the criminal, almost in some ways, you know, uh, there's kind of the torture scene in the uh, in the stadium. I mean, whoa, it's it's, it's really it's crossing the line for me. 
Mm. He, he, you know, he's sinking himself to the levels of, of, uh, of the Scorpio character. And I don't see how that can ever be positive. Well, that's... Uh, it's, uh, I have to say, you know, I, I have completely the opposite reaction. Right. Because, um, you know, in my opinion, I think the world needs more renegade policemen. Um, I would say. Prepared to... Okay, it's an interesting choice of word, but I'm sure that your interpretation of renegade would be different to mine. What, what do you mean? Well, he's prepared to um, to go out on a limb. He's prepared to enforce the law. <laughs> I'm not against that part. <laughs> <laughs> it sounds like you are. No, I'm not, no. This, this, this poor man, this poor policeman, was after, was, was, was tasked with hunting down the most dangerous serial killer San Francisco had ever seen. Yeah. And you're questioning his methods? I am questioning his methods. To, to he's, got to the, he's got to protect the citizens. He Who cares to... what happens to the, to the killer? Well, yeah, he shouldn't go around killing people. He shouldn't, you're absolutely right. But does that, does that justify him torturing the killer? Yes. It does. Absolutely it does. <laughs> yeah, I can see... Of does. I can see we're not going to kind of, you know, Cars 2 was a, you know, a, a moment of kind of uh, meeting of minds, but I don't think we're going to meet minds on this one, Richard. Let me tell you something. Go on. It's limp-wristed tree huggers like you yeah. that allow killers like Scorpio to exist. <laughs> I wish I had thought of it. Do I tell you why? Yeah, I'd, I'd love to know, yeah. Because you won't let the police do their job. Without bleating on about police brutality yeah. at every snapped arm or shattered ribcage. <laughs> Uh, you're not saying this entirely seriously now, Richard, are you? I thought you were saying this seriously. If, if, if it seems like I'm laughing, yeah. that, that is inadvertent, and it's just, it's, it's, it's humour derived from your preposterous moral position. Preposterous moral position. I, I, I've, heard, I, I've heard some things in my time, but this one, this is absolutely extraordinary. Well, forgive me for not uh, wanting torture to be part of the regime of a police officer. You know, hands up, tree hugger, uh, that I am. Um, peace, love and harmony and all that. Um, I don't think torture belongs as part of the process. Oh. I know, shocking. You're, me, you're making me ever so cross. Well, you're, really you're making me ever so cross. It doesn't take a lot. This, uh, <laughs> I, I feel that the, the, the moral message and the, uh, the, 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 the driving heart of this movie was a necessary reaction to the Peace and Love Brigade of the late 60s. Right. And it demonstrates that the age of Aquarius was well and truly dead. And good riddance too. Yeah. That's what I say. Okay. Um, it's, it's far more benefit to be had from, 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 from the real world, real life, than some mystical, spiritual notion. How preposterous. Mystical? I can, barely, I can barely string a sentence together, you've made me so angry, Nathaniel. Well, let's see if I can, I can diffuse your anger a little bit by just okay. the, the, the tone of... Uh, there's one scene I want to talk about in the film, which I think is pertinent to yourself, Richard. Mm. Um, what, did you say? what was the sentence you used earlier? Mystic and spiritualness or something. Um, the song... I, I, I was ranting, I was ranting. I was ranting. I, I, <laughs> I can't remember. I've got that. I apologise. The scene where 
the, the criminal's on the phone, isn't he? He's giving the, the cop the runaround. Oh, yeah. Around the city to kind of make sure he's not being followed. Like. That's right. And they end up at the cross, don't they? Oh, right, yes. You know? Um, do you think that carried any symbolic significance? R- remind me, remind me, um, Nathaniel, of, of, of the actual setup. For once, you seem to have the upper hand here. I don't know. I, I, I've never had the upper hand over you. I mean, you are all exuding authority on all subjects. Thank you. Really Remind that. me, please, of the scene. Okay, so they end up at the cross. He's been given the... Um, when you say the cross, you mean the, the junction, the, the, the crossroads? No, you know, the, the cross. I don't, good man, you know, the cross, the, the, the cross of Jesus Christ. Oh, yes, yes. This is towards the end, isn't it? Uh, about two-thirds of the way through, I think. Yeah, it's, yeah. It's a, memori- it's a memorial here in the park. Mm. Um, and they end up at time of having some kind of fight. It, it just seemed to me like it was a good against the evil and uh, there was something symbolic there. Absolutely. And it was it was it was Harry Callahan against Scorpio, wasn't it? It was. That's right. Yes. Oh, yes. He's coming back. Okay. Um, what he, uh, cle- clearly it was good against the evil, and the and the Christian symbol um, was used to almost bludgeon the viewer with that fact. Uh-huh. I would say. Uh, what was your take on it? Absolutely. It was, it was an incredibly imposing memorial. And uh, yeah. I don't think that was done by, by chance. Just, oh, no, it wasn't. No, certainly not. It was, it, was a, it was a clear choice, wasn't it? Yeah. So, and, of course, that would be the exact scenario. That would be the exact way that you would see it, wouldn't it? Kind of Ali, Hall- Ali Callahan playing the... Um, well, he's good. The good guy. Yeah. Uh, the good guy who taught his criminals. Uh, Absolutely. Versus the, the evil uh, criminal that was Scorpio. That's right. Mm. You know, but I, you know, obviously I, I see it slightly different from that. Um, you know, but if we, if we want to see it from a Christian point of view, oh, would that, um, we don't necessarily want that, though, do we, Richard? But, no, but but God punishes sinners. Well, okay, I'm just going to bow to your authority. God punishes sinners, yeah. If you if you sin uh-huh. in life, when you die, you your spirit goes to hell to burn in eternal torment and suffering. Did you enjoy the film, or...? Um, <laughs> I guess I, I, I liked it very much. <laughs> yes, I did, I certainly did. Um, you, you went a bit off track there, Richard. I do apologise, yeah, yeah. Some, you, get, you, you get me talking about Christianity, yeah. Um, and, I, you know, my, I, obviously it's my duty to, um, to instruct. Yeah, I feel your passion about it. You know, it's kind of good to hear on occasion. But when we're talking about a movie, maybe, you know, you have to pick your moment with things like that. Fair enough. Fair enough. I thoroughly enjoyed the film. Yeah. Um, I thought that the message was strong, powerful, relevant. Um, I thought Scorpio was an excellent villain. Um, it was, to be fair, I'll agree with you on that score. Of course, based on um, the re- the real life Zodiac killer. Oh yeah. Um, so you know, it, uh, based on real events almost. Okay. Um, one thing that I did want to just just mention briefly, if I could, because yeah. um, this has never really happened to me before, um, and I was thinking that maybe somebody somebody like you might might be able to give me. Some kind of ex- explanation, really. Why are you asking me for advice, Richard? Uh... It's not, 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 maybe not advice, maybe that's a bit strong, but okay. just, just, just thoughts. Thoughts, okay, yeah. I'll now, 
when I was watching um, Clint on screen, yeah, I kept I kept getting this this strange warm fuzzy feeling almost. Well, okay, yeah, but, but it was only when when Clint was on screen when it, when Clint was. Walking, when he was kind of holding his gun. Right, okay. Um, particularly when, when he kind of looked into the camera. Oh, yeah. Almost as if he was, he was looking at me. Right, okay. Now, I, at the time, I put it down to the fact that, that I was drinking my fifth cup of Earl Grey of the day. Okay. Um, but I don't know what you think about that. Well, it's an interesting scenario, isn't it, Richard? Uh, a warm, fuzzy feeling. Mm. Well, I suppose... A bit, like, a bit like butterflies. Butterflies, right, okay. Well, it, it certainly sounds like uh, you have a feeling of affection for Clint um, now. Would, would, would you go as far as that? Would you say they were affectionate feeling? How dare you say... <laughs> How dare you accuse me of having... Lustful thoughts. That was not what I was looking for at all. I didn't mean to offend at all, but I apologise if I've uh, planted any kind of odd suggestions in your head there. Um, But you asked me for um, justification on a warm, fuzzy feeling. I wanted a scientific explanation. Um, Okay, well, let me... me, How, how dare you? You know that um, feeling when you met the Queen at the bash? Oh, yes. Uh, would you describe that as warm and fuzzy? Um, that was more gripped by panic. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> because I was... So not quite the same, then. No, no, no. Because I was taking that, that, the photograph surreptitiously and I was, I was scared that I would, I would be imprisoned if I was caught. Yeah. Um, so that, now that was that was a very different now, feeling altogether. A different thing, yeah. Uh, you're happily married, then, but you don't. Uh, I am, yes. Uh, Thirty years. Okay, so when you wake up in the morning next to your wife, and mm. you, you know you roll over and she's there sleeping, would mm. you describe that as a warm, fuzzy feeling? Or? Um, that that never happens. Um, primarily because she she gets up at four o'clock in the morning. Yeah. Um. She doesn't have to. She chooses to do that. Yeah. And, and she does the, the housework. Okay. Um, and prepares, okay. prepares the house for when I awaken at 7 o'clock. Right, okay. I, now, before you make judgments, which I, I can already tell you're going to... I already have. I, well, you already have. Yeah. I have never asked her to do this. It's oh. her choice. Mm-hmm. She does it. Um, makes her happy. Mm-hmm. So that situation... Has never happened in in the thirty years that we've been married. Yeah, I've never woken up beside my wife. Oh, okay. Um, the warm fuzzy feeling mm-hmm. was that. Uh, is it, was it an unusual experience then? It's never happened before. Uh, as it's okay, never happened before, right? So that's why it's probably very difficult for you to define. What I'm going to suggest. Uh, I know, I want to empower that word suggest, Richard. Yes. It's, it's, uh, people get a warm, fuzzy feeling. Um, 
I'm going to use that term again, when they have feelings of affection for somebody. Um, you know, I don't want to kind of make you feel like a dirty queer or, or anything like that, but, you know, if you're having warm, fuzzy feelings at seeing uh, Clint on the television, who's obviously quite a masculine, rugged man, you'd, even have, you'd have to admit that, Richard, wouldn't you? I, I, I use the word masculine uh, in, in, in kind of the, the overview of the film, if you recall. Rugged. I, I never said rugged, I said <laughs> masculine. Um, but you're getting warm, fuzzy feelings at, at an iconic male um, persona. And, uh, you know, let's say quite an attractive one at that. Interesting. Interesting indeed. It, it, it was just the old grey, wasn't it? It was, the, it was the five cups of old grey. That's what it was. Well, it could well have been that, you're right. It's That's what it was, wasn't it? Well, well, That's what it was. Now, now, thinking back. Okay. Thinking back to it, it's, you know, that, that it's now become clear. I wish I'd never mentioned it. <laughs> but it's either the old grey or, or, or you wanted to um, get to know the man a little better. I don't like your tone. Well, I, I don't want you to not like it. It's, it's, it's meant in a friendly way. Um, I, I could say things a lot harsher than that, but I won't. I don't want to offend your feelings, Richard. You are an appalling man. <laughs> <laughs> so, this is a part of the uh, show where we talk about any other business, any, anything in the news, anything in sports, Anything we've read or watched on TV, just anything that's caught our eye that we feel we want to talk about. Now this week, the primary thing that I wish to discuss were the um, devastating attacks, twin attacks in Norway, mm-hmm. committed by the same man, Anders Bering Breivik. I'm sure that I'm massacring the pronunciation, but that's the best I can do. Got it, Did I? Mm-hmm. Thank you very much. Police now say uh, 77 people, mainly teenagers, killed in Oslo and on the nearby Utoa Island. It's dreadful. What, 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 what do you know about it, Nathaniel? What, what are your thoughts? Well, of course it's dreadful. Uh, how can an episode of anything, any kind of episode like that, how can it be la- labelled anything other than dreadful? Of course, it is absolutely appalling. Mm. Yeah. Um, but, you know, you have to look at the wider picture, the wider angle, what, what's really kind of going on here, and... Can you deny that it wasn't, in some way, enthralling entertainment? Ooh! In what regard? The way that, you know, it was very kind of, um, very much like a film movie, actually. You know, it, it was, uh, every second was kind of pastel all over Sky News, and... You know, it, it was the way it was depicted was like a movie scene, um, and then you've kind of got all, you know, the, the grieving masses, you know, mm. like, like you'd have uh, in a kind of movie scene. It was um, it, it, for all the wrong reasons. It was captivating, enthralling viewing. That, that, that's as far as I, I'll go on it. Um, as far as the episode itself, well, I mean, for an episode like that to happen in such a peaceful, loving country as Norway. Uh, just makes it all the more extreme, doesn't it? I think you, 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 a couple of, of, of fantastic points there, Nathaniel. You're, you're absolutely right about the, the rolling news um, rendering any any kind of atrocity these days almost like an action scene in a movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and of course, that's 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 simply to pull in viewers, isn't it? 
Um, we get as many people watching their channel as possible. Yeah. And it does work. You're quite right. But it robs the um, situation of the of the of the grim reality. Yeah, you're right. Um, which which is which is which is troubling. But at the same time, you know, working in the media, I understand, as do you, that it is essential to get viewing figures because without viewing figures or without people buying the newspapers. You know, those the, the, those companies, those organisations just cease to exist. Um, I mean, is it there's a, a fine line to tread, isn't it? It is. It is a fine line. I mean, surely the kind of uh, nature of what's happening should be enough to capture people's attention, but people being people the way they are, now they need even more. It needs a kind of movie element to, to make sure that uh, people's attention is that you've gotten hold of. Well, that's the thing, isn't it? You know, if, B, if the BBC News are treating it soberly and sensibly... But the ITV news are dramatising it and making it, making it all action-packed with incidental music and yeah. just glamorising it. Well, the BBC are going to struggle if they don't follow suit, um, because before they know it, there'll be nobody, nobody watching their channel. Um, well, absolutely, yeah. So it's, it's, a t- it's a tough call, um, and one that I don't think we've quite got to grips with yet. Mm-hmm. Um, the second point you made uh, about the fact it, it, it Doubly shocking, almost, because of of where this where this occurred. You know, if this was an attack in Los Angeles, yeah, or or let's say even even inner city Manchester or Glasgow or London, um, whilst it would still be devastating, it wouldn't necessarily be surprising. Isn't that the case? That's absolutely the case, Richard, yeah. Um, I'm surprised. That, so you actually agree with that, then? That I do, actually. Yeah? I do, actually. I totally agree with you on, on this one, Nathaniel. Wow. Um, the one the one point that I would like to, um, to emphasise, really, is that I feel that this is uh, yet more evidence of the spread of radical Islamism. I was wondering when that was going to pipe up. We were doing so well, weren't we? Uh, that uh, there is clear evidence um, this blonde, blue-eyed, white man, Anders, the killer, um, clearly an, an extremist follower of, of Islam. Of Islam? Of Islam, clearly. Now, there's an interesting take. Uh, so... Now, this is nothing that's being said in the news. Really not, no. This is, in my heartfelt belief. You're going to have to, have, you're going to, have to justify that one. Um, no, I'm not. <laughs> so, you, you'd like to, sorry, sorry for laughing, but I, I, even, maybe this is in all situations. But you think uh, Mr. Breivik is a fundamentalist uh, Islam, follower of Islam. Yes, I do. Okay. Uh, you, you've got it. You've took. You set me back there. Have I? I'm all for kind of thinking out of the box and um, <clears throat> pushing the boundaries of thinking, but you've uh, you've ripped me right out of the box there, Richard. <laughs> and you, and your refusal to justify it is uh, is, <laughs> is causing me distress. <laughs> you you think that. <laughs> Fundamentalist Muslim. When when the first news came out, when he when he when he turned himself in, which he did, he turned himself into the police um, and admitted 
everything that he'd done, the first information that was coming out was that he was a Christian. Okay. Yeah, that, that, that's right, yeah, it, it, it was. That was a lie. Okay. A pernicious lie. A pernicious lie. Okay. Spread mm-hmm. by extremist elements well, of the Islamic faith. Consider the possibility, other than... It's the not a possibility. No, hear me out, Richard, hear me out. Come on, you had your say. Okay. Uh, do you think it's a possibility that instead of um, him being a, a fundamentalist Muslim, uh, which I, I would suggest is an extremely extravagant view to take. He could just be a poor Christian. A poor Christian? A poor Christian. But there, there, there is no such thing as a poor Christian because we have the, the wealth of Jesus' love in our hearts. Well... So the, the concept is, is non-existent. Well, should you choose to follow that religion, um, I would suggest that there are a good many people that haven't reached the capacity yet uh, of having a wealth of Jesus with love in their hearts. Uh, they may go to church on a Sunday, they may well enjoy a cup of tea and a natter with their friends, mm. but do they have the wealth of Jesus' love in their hearts? I think a lot of people would agree that uh, no, they haven't. So, could it be possible that uh, Mr. Bradick was, um, was one of those people? No. Okay. <laughs> Well, case closed. Thanks very much. For that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what, what? The aftermath. Uh, Richard, tell me your thoughts on the aftermath. Uh, obviously, there was um, a strong sense of unity uh, in Oslo and indeed all over Norway, uh, including, of course, uh, the wonderful visions of um, Christians and Muslims uh, walking in, in tandem and unison uh, in memorial service and so on. Your thoughts? Yes, um, uh, I mean, even at times of war, it is possible um, under moments of great um, hardship and sorrow for enemies to unite. <laughs> this is the first time that you do actually, you, I don't know if you're trying to provoke, uh, but I, I find myself getting a little perturbed by what these viewpoints. Um, I'm, I'm merely answering if your your questions, Nathaniel. It's not my fault if you're narrow mind if you're so narrow minded <laughs> that, you, that you can't accept my, my position. It simply provokes the question, of course, that you use, you see um, Islam and Muslims as, as enemies. You don't not pl- all, not all. I'll, I'll not write all of them. Not all. That would that would be ridiculous. Oh, okay. Yeah. But some of them. Just the bad ones. Just the bad ones, okay. Um, so, so uh, you know, as like a, a blanket kind of viewpoint, do you see Islam as, as, as the enemy? Yes. Well, that's good to know. Yeah. And that's all from <laughs> passive-aggressive film reviews this week. <laughs> we hope you'll be back next week <laughs> when I think we'll be talking about Captain America and we'll also pick a film from the past which we haven't talked about yet. Okay. Thanks for listening. Goodbye. I need a split. Goodbye. <laughs>